Pigeonhole. 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 All right, I'm here in my little kitchenette and I'm just gonna make kind of a typical dinner for myself, which is whatever I can find in the fridge or hovering around on the counter. Um, I don't know what this will become, but I do have um, somewhat even looking onion rings. Okay, I gotta take this keyboard out of the sink. It's in my way. Um, my grip is terrible sometimes, and I knocked my tea over on the keyboard last night. Let's at least take it out of the sink for now so it doesn't get more wet. So I'm just gonna leave the keyboard on the toaster. Onions in the pan. That's me bumbling around in the kitchen in 2018 at the request of Dan Pashman from The Sporkful. He didn't ask me to bumble. He asked me to record myself cooking. Nearly three years earlier, I emailed him to share this short, semi-autobiographical comedy about how I couldn't cook anymore, cleverly titled Cooking with Brain Injury. Now, he was planning to feature me and my story on his show, and he wanted to get a sense of where things stood nearly a decade after I'd made the film. I had definitely improved in my ability to not completely fuck up while I potchke around in the kitchen, but I still mostly avoided doing anything creative or complicated. For Dan, I tried to make some quote-unquote tacos, based on whatever I had in my fridge on the day I was supposed to record. Did it occur to me to shop for the ingredients so I could make something I would like to eat, or that would be fun for strangers to listen to me making? Of course not. Did I think to look up a recipe for something familiar? Definitely not never occurred to me to plan for the recording that I knew was coming and that I was genuinely excited for. I wanted to get good tape for Dan. I just kind of couldn't even find my shit, much less get it together. So, tacos or something. I was chopping up stuff I had and putting it into a pan that I had somehow managed to heat up by turning on the burner at some point later than I should have. And since your onions won't brown if you obsessively stir them, I took a break while keeping the recorder running so they could brown, which they didn't, but anyway. I don't like this keyboard, but my better keyboard is on the toaster right now, drying out. Oh, oh, I shouldn't leave my, oh my God. <laughs> Oh, oh, I left this plastic keyboard on the toaster. Oh, God. Well, if I wasn't just talking to myself right now about what I'm doing, I would have forgotten that the keyboard is on the toaster. So thank goodness I'm narrating my life. I should try narrating my life um, uh, more often. Maybe I will not burn um, keyboards on the toaster if I pretend that I'm talking to someone all the time. Okay. I Love Flavors of Diaspora, a food blog by an autistic Jewish blogger, Jonathan Katz. I devour the recipes and stories connecting or reconnecting to food and food history. I feel extra Jewy every time I read it. 
I enjoy his autistic approach, writing very clearly and with all the steps to planning and cooking broken down as much as he can. It's filled with all sorts of goodies for readers and eaters and cooks with executive dysfunction. He reminds us to be forgiving of our difficulties in the kitchen and to never judge any hacks we use to get through the process, like relying on pre-cut, pre-packaged food. He has a new site that focuses on safety while cooking called Safe and Neurospicy. Listen to the intro to this site, would you? Quote, neurodivergent folks often get left out of food safety because writers assume you know things, which is not always the case. Quote unquote, common sense can be both wrong and also not shared. So this site is your guide for various things so that you do not get sick, hurt, or injured from your own kitchen. End quote. I'm plotting over here. Can you imagine? Because I am. I am really, really imagining how much better my life would have been in the early days when the executive dysfunction was a fierce intruder into my every possible activity if I'd had these websites to support me. And while we're celebrating, Eater.com is releasing an evergreen series of essays by disabled folks talking about growing, making, and eating food over summer and fall 2023. It's called Low and Slow, The series is curated by new cat mom, Alice Wong, and I have the great good fortune to record the audio versions of most people's essays with additional narration by Terry Hudson. These are incredible, honest, beautiful stories. Just like on Jonathan's websites, Low and Slow has disabled storytellers front and center, speaking their truths rather than being filtered through a non-disabled person's interpretations. It really makes the essays feel special and welcoming, and for me, very relatable and enriching. And like Jonathan, S.E. Smith's profile of Sonali Menezes for Low and Slow reassures me about how it's okay to cook or not cook, eat or not eat, hack how you gotta hack. I can't remember now if I finished that email I had furiously started typing while I had one mic clipped to my shirt collar and another hovering on a stand by my loudly buzzing fridge. I totally don't remember that my hands already hurt even back then, and I for sure don't remember going back to finish cooking the meal, but the recording tells me that they did and that I did finish it. This spoon, I don't know why I've been cooking with a teaspoon. It is too small to move this stuff around, especially with the kale. It is slightly less disgusting looking, although I'm, I don't know. I'm going to eat it because I don't like to waste. And as my mom would say, oh my God, you're so skinny. Eat something, eat something, eat something. She only has that New York Jew mother accent when she's remarking how skinny I am and that I need to eat. Or call or write more. I piled some slimy but colorful mess from the cast iron pan onto a burnt store-bought corn tortilla and dug in. Did that sound too forced? I bit it, okay? I bit the thing. It's not disgusting. I'm, I'm just... Not only the tortillas burnt, um, the onions are about halfway cooked, and the frozen stuff is no longer frozen anymore, so I would consider this a successful meal. I'm back to making my own corn tortillas by hand, something I'd loved doing for many years before the injury. 
I've also since made some revolting banana bread, really yummy fried rice a couple times, and I even tried my painful hands at Hamantaschen this year. I made them the day after Judy Human died, so I renamed them Humantaschen. I have a dedication for Judy, Jonathan, and all my disabled and chronically ill family, including my cat Ruru, who is Jewish and hates the prescription diet he eats for his own chronic illness and insists on taking one dainty nibble at a time off my aching fingers. My dedication, I wish you nothing but deliciousness. The best gift I can give is to promise to never cook for you or anyone you know. But if you ever invite me to, say, a loud little park in New York City for a bagel, or want to sip coffee over text message, or you want to help me realize that I actually do like eggs when they're in the lovely shakshuka, I'll try to keep you the best company I possibly can so we can delight in the gift of enjoying something together. Every episode is transcribed. Links, guest info, and transcripts are all at whoamitostopit.com, my disability arts blog. I'm Cheryl. This, this is, is Pigeonhole. 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 Don't sit where society puts you.